We have been learning for some time how to receive from God. Please, let's remember that as the words come into our hearts and we imbibe them, it is not just a set of rules and regulations. It is changing our thought processes, how our heart works, and when those things are accomplished into the proper um, status, we receive the blessing of God without effort. Because our words have, you know, a base, all right? Because when you use words, it is not just the letters. Jesus said the letters profit nothing. It is the spirit behind the words, actually, that give life. So it's what you are saying, all right, that really matters. It's not the words. So as I'm speaking and teaching, as you're opening your hearts and imbibing these words, what is happening is that a spirit is being put into you. A new magnetic field is being generated by your spirit so that you can easily draw answers from God in response to your prayers. Now, to continue what we have been learning, we read from the book of John chapter 15. Jesus says something from verse 7. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you wish and it shall be done for you. By this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Now, please, there are so many things um, the Lord said in this passage, but we have just picked a few verses to bring out something we have been saying on the principles that underlie receiving from God. He said that here, for you to be able to ask whatever you wish and for you to have it done for you as a consequence, it must start with my words abiding in you. Now, why did I read this? We ended last time by explaining that what God is doing is fulfilling his promises in our lives. We read from the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, in verse 20, that the promises of God are fulfilled in Christ Jesus, that the promises of God are confirmed in him. That is, Jesus, we have been examining what it means to pray in his name. Remember, it is not just to utter the name. It's what you have in your mind while you are uttering the name that matters. And that's why we have been describing him. Please, I know I'm repeating myself, but I can't say it enough. Jesus, first of all, is a summary of the mercy of God. He is a lamb of God that was sacrificed and his blood shed for the redemption of our sins. That's the first thing. So when we come to God, we are saying we are not sinners. We are your children. Why do we know? Because we say in the name of Jesus. When we, that another thing we said that Jesus is the way to the Father. The same thing we're explaining. We are saying that through him, by faith in him, we are exposed to the love of God. And everything that God does for us is based upon his love. And we have been saying also that Jesus is a summary of the promises of God. So he said in John chapter 1 that he is the word of God. So that's what we are talking about. So we are saying that what God is doing in our lives is to fulfill these promises. He said, as many as may be the promises of God, in Christ Jesus, they are yes. So when I go to God, I am saying, when I, if I say in the name of Jesus, I'm saying I'm not coming here because of my desires, first of all, that is primarily. I'm coming here because these are the promises that you made. I'm coming here to make a demand on your promise. I'm not coming here to make you do what I think is right. I'm not coming here to ask you to fulfill the deal that I made that I'm not even sure you agreed to. You just wake up and say, God, I will do this for you. You will do that for me. No, that I'm coming to say you made promises before I was born. And we'll be emphasizing that when we do that, we are walking by faith. Faith is when we take the promises of God and build our lives upon them. Faith is when we say whatever God has said concerning me is what is true in my life. That is what faith is. And this faith, we said, activates grace. Then we are back to it. We know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know that he was rich. 
Yet for our sakes he became poor, so that we, because of his sacrifice, we become rich. So that grace is what we are tapping into by knowledge. So I'm saying, therefore, the first thing that we must do, therefore, having removed our eyes from our own efforts, please don't ever forget, you are not receiving from God because of what you did. You are receiving from him because of what Jesus did. If you sit down, say, I must hold on to what I did, you also have to accept the consequences of what you did not do. So please get that in mind. You cannot just take one and not accept the other. If you want to come to God on the premise of, yes, I have given, I have done this, I have done righteously, I have worked in holiness, so God must pay me back. You also will have to go through the consequences of the times you did not give, the number of beggars you walked past and you did not give. Those who asked you for money, you did not answer them. After all, most of your giving has only been in church. Meanwhile, God is also somewhere else. The fact is that it is best for you to just ignore your works, good or bad, ignore them entirely, and come and hide under the blood of Jesus. And you come and hide under the mercy of God. And that is what we are talking about. So when I come to God, therefore, I am saying to God, these are your promises. So the first thing, therefore, is that I must be full of the knowledge of his promises. He said, my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. The number one thing that plagues Christians today, I have seen, is this lack of knowledge. They don't know anything. I'm sorry to say it like that, but that's the easiest way to say it. They are just full of ignorance. Sometimes you hear Christians talk, and you are just ashamed you want to bury your face for them. They say, I've been having problems because my neighbor is attacking me. And you say you're a Christian. You don't understand the knowledge of the word of God. If you understood the word of God, you will have understood that he said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in your neighbor. Do you get my point? Assuming your neighbor is a witch like you claim. Just by the way, I want you to know that your neighbor also thinks you are a witch. Do you understand my point? So there is no proof. But whether your neighbor is a witch or your neighbor is not a witch is irrelevant. The important thing is that the knowledge of God that you have lets you know that your life is hid with Christ in God. Ignorance is a major problem of Christians. They don't understand. That's why people make a merchandise of their soul. They will say, for you to receive from God, you have to go and give to him first. And people believe it. Meanwhile, this thing is not founded upon sound and balanced teaching of the word of God. The fact is that the reason why God gives to us is because we ask properly. James said it clearly to us. He said, you have not because you ask not. That's what James said. He said, when you do ask, you ask wrongly. And one of the ways by which you ask wrongly is that you are asking because you are competing with somebody else. He said, if you remove competition out of your heart, if you remove all those worldliness from your soul, anything you ask God for, he will do for you because you ask in the name of Jesus. I'm talking about ignorance. So Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, that is when you can ask what you wish. What do you mean by the word of Jesus abiding in you? You, must, you will understand, reading the scriptures, the promises he made concerning your life. For example, if you are sick, you know, it is not because you desire health alone. It is because Jesus said, that the word of God says that Jesus died to make you well. So if you are facing sickness, you will look at it in prayer and say, this sickness, what business do you have here? Do you not know that the scriptures say that because of me, Jesus died and he removed my infirmities. By his stripes I have been healed. Don't you know that? That is, when you come like that in prayer, you are able to hold, I mean, you come with the promises of God and you make a demand. Please, my emphasis is this. On the promises of God, not based on what we did. In this series, I seem to be so emphatic on this issue that we must never come to God thinking what we did is a premise for what he would do for us. Please, hear it again. What you did is not the premise. The premise is what Jesus did. 
The premise is that God made a promise because he loved you. And Jesus, no, I said earlier, nothing is free. Jesus has already paid. It is not your offering. It is not your tithe. It's not your first fruit. It's not the one you give to the poor. That is not the reason. The reason, listen, those things you do them because God made you to be a good person. It's only if you're a wicked son of Satan that you will not be a giver. Are you getting my point? If you're a true child of God, you will be a giver. However, when you come to God, you come because he promised. So what you need, I'm emphasizing to us again today, is a knowledge of his promises. That's why you need the scriptures. That's why Jesus said, if my words abide in you, you must be full with the knowledge of the word of God. Words are powerful. When you are praying in the name of Jesus, you are asking for the confirmation of the promises that Jesus paid for. You cannot come to ask for those promises to be fulfilled, except you know what they are. And that is why knowledge is very crucial to your successful prayer life. You have just listened to a radio message by Pastor Banky. More of this and other messages are available from our website, kwm.com.ng. To contact us, write us at radiosemons at gmail.com and do not forget to do your part in spreading the kingdom of God by sharing this message with someone else. Thank you for listening and may the fruit of this word blossom in your life.